Welcome to Think Relevance, the podcast. Uh, today is Friday, April 27th, 2012, and today we have a special treat. Uh, we have four guests. It's a new high for us. Uh, our guests are Devin Walters, Chris Wilson, Jared Pace, and Alan Diaper. Of course, you've heard Alan's name before. He's This is his third time on the podcast, but the, other, the others are all new guests, and we're very excited to have the four of them. Um, just to give you a little setup of what's going on here... Um, so Jared and Alan are both Think Relevance people, but Devin and Chris uh, work at Bendyworks. Um, and the reason we're having them on the show is that our two companies recently uh, did a, a neat little thing called the Craftsman Swap that we will talk about in detail. But uh, we thought it'd be fun to bring them on and to and to talk about that. So first of all, I'd like to say welcome, everybody. Hey, Thank hello. Thanks for Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun. Um, so as our, our guest, as our first ever uh, non-relevance uh, guest on the podcast, um, I'd like to give the honors of picking our intro music, which we always give to the guest, to um, to the Bendyworks people. So, Devin, I wonder if you could tell people what music they have been listening to on the way in here. I've been listening to It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. All right. <laughs> Classic pairing music. Excellent. We like that. And, and of course, we've got at least two pairs going here. So um, that's great. Uh, so I guess by way of introduction, we can jump in. Um, and uh, maybe I'll tap Chris. Uh, Chris, I wonder if you could explain to us what the Craftsman Swap is. Like, what, what, what exactly does that mean? What did you guys do? That's, uh, that's really good. I was trying to explain it to my friends and family, what I was doing. And uh, I guess it was, I kind of felt like a foreign exchange student. Uh, you know, so I went down and visited the office in uh, uh, Durham and, uh, you know, just got to work with Alan for a week, kind of on whatever whatever he happened to be working on at the time. And that's about it. Okay, so the whole idea there is that we basically, like you said, foreign exchange is a good way to put it. We we sent uh, two of our guys to you, and you sent two of your guys to to us. So you and you and Devin came down and uh, came down to Durham, and uh, Alan and Jared, you guys went up to it's Madison. You guys are based in, right? Actually, yes. uh, actually, me and uh, Chris swapped, and we worked with Devin. I worked with Devin on their side, and uh, Chris worked with Alan on our side. So of course. it was just a swap between me and Chris. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But but we did get to exp- right. Okay, I, I'm following you now. A little slow on the uptake. Cool. So um, I guess uh, so. So Jared, how was it? Um, you know, leaving the mothership for a week and going up there to work. Maybe you can talk about that for a bit. Uh, yeah. I um, so this is my first Craftsman swap, but I I think they're uh they're really good because it gave me a chance to. Uh, one visit Madison, which I uh, have never been to, which is a beautiful city if you haven't been, um, and also uh, it's a good chance to work with other professionals outside of our circle. Um, I think companies tend to uh, 
kind of gravitate towards a circle of this is the way we do things, and it's good to take a, a step out of that circle to kind of learn from other companies, other experts. So I spent some time working with Devin and a few other people up there um, and just learned a ton. So. Well, that's a good that's a good point. One of the things I wanted to ask was, so I assume that everyone kind of got to see things that were different, right? Things that weren't the way that you work at, at the company you're from. And I imagine that some of them were things like, wow, we should totally do that. Um, some of them were things like, that's, you know, different than the way we do it and sort of, you know, neutral, not better, not worse. And some of them were, you know, we do it a different way and I think that way is better. And I, I wonder if anybody wants to jump in and, and comment on any of these those three categories. I'd love to hear something from all of them. Um, so I can jump in uh, on the stuff that um, I think I took away as like positives. I think the biggest thing that um, you get to learn as far as a craftsman swap is just learning um, other developers' workflows. So I think you, you tend to learn a lot when you're pairing with people inside your company, but we kind of all become uh, slightly homogenous, I guess. Um, but like I picked up, uh, Bendyworks has a lot of awesome, uh, for example, they have a lot of awesome bash scripts for uh, kind of their whole workflow is a lot different than ours. So um, for example, they have a script that um, is tied into their stuff that audibly says whether or not uh, a script is finished running and whether it's it was successful or not. Um, so that's that's pretty useful for, hey, I'm going to run this long-running test suite and uh, kind of go focus on other stuff, and it, I, it'll tell me when it's done. Um, whereas I've been on a lot of projects with Relevance where we run something and we kind of like keep checking in on it visually because we don't have no other option. But um, that's, that's a huge takeaway. And also just little other uh, tools that um, people are using. Um, yeah. So what, what so. would it say? Would it say anything interesting? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it just has passed. Uh, okay. Devin, what's that? What's your uh, your guys' script say when the stuff's finished? We've, we've uh, modified it a few times. At, at one point, um, I, if you use different punctuation, it uses the say command in OSX, but it'll say different things depending on whose machine you are, uh, you're currently working on. And recently, I, I whipped something up to do um, with using the Google Translate API. So it'll give you French output or Spanish output. Uh, if, you, if you prefer that, <laughs> I think cool. I think for a while it was like the scary alien voice that said "fail." <laughs> it's, I, I can't really do it here, but it's terrifying. Cool. We'll we'll put maybe we can put links in the show notes to a, a wave file or something that people can use in their own stuff. Sure. So, Chris, from your perspective, since you were the other person that traveled down, uh, maybe you could give us the flip side of Jared's assessment. What did you What did you see that you liked, or I'm particularly interested in in seeing and hearing about things that you saw that um, you think we should change, that we could do better? Oh, boy. Um, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with Alan? No, no, it's not, it's not that at all. It's, uh, you know, I, 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 I kind of wanted almost to contrast with uh, what Jared was saying, that a lot of what I saw I kind of thought were the, the sort of uh, tangential issues to uh, coding. Like a lot of what I felt like I picked up were just kind of like the cultural and environmental things that were different between Betty Works and Relevance. Um, just, uh, you know, it's, it's much bigger team. Uh, they were divided into, uh, you know, different job roles. And I think it was really interesting for me kind of sitting in and seeing how a lot of their processes work, you know, just like how meetings are run, things like that. 
I wonder, I mean, maybe you could drill down on that a little bit. What, what specifically, what sorts of things did you encounter that you felt were different or um, that struck you particularly? Um, a new one to me was uh, like the risk assessment meeting. And I got a, got a chance to sit in on one of those. And I, I was really pretty impressed by kind of how that ran. And just it seemed like it unearthed a lot of really good issues on the project. Yeah, uh, this is Devin. I can, I can echo that same, uh, that same feeling. Is, it's been a while now since I came down to Relevance, but roughly a year and a half ago, I was down there and, and had a, an opportunity to see how you guys work. And I felt similarly about uh, the way you guys handle risk assessment, sort of tackling issues before they become uh, big problems later on. Um, either, if, you know, either technical or client interaction-wise, there's I think uh, it's a good way to pick up problems before they turn into bigger problems. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that a little bit. Yeah, I'm on a project right now, and we're having our first retro um, coming up. So we have risk assessments and retros. Same basic idea. Let's look at the project, and the retro looks backwards. What have we done? What has happened? And the risk assessment looks forward. What do we think might happen, and how do we deal with those things? And, and I was thinking about the fact that both of those meetings really put the client relationship in a position that's similar to the to the sort of functional work we do. In other words, that we actually set aside time to work on the relationship the same way that we have lots of time devoted to fixing bugs or adding features. So uh, those that's something that I really like at Relevance too. I'm glad to hear that you guys uh, found that to be a, a positive aspect. Um, so and not to put you on the spot too much, but I wonder if either of you had anything that you thought. Um, that Bendyworks does that Relevance could really benefit from that we're not doing, Devin or Chris? Um, one of the things that I noticed right away is uh, at Bendyworks, we do kind of daily stand-ups uh, with everybody at the company. Now, you know, we're a little bit smaller, and so, you know, that's, that's just us standing in a circle in the office, 9 a.m., and kind of talking over, like, what we're planning for the day and kind of big points from what we worked on maybe the day before or last week or something like that. Or yeah. if we're, you know, if we're struggling with a particular issue on a project or there's something specific that we need help with, we can sort of shout it out at that point. So I think in that respect, um, being a bit smaller is, uh, is sort of a benefit in that respect. Yeah. So how big are you guys? Uh, 10. Okay. So, so go ahead, Alan. Yeah. Or Jared. Yeah. Jared. Um, so I I would say uh, I would uh, agree with Chris completely. That's one of the, the things that I've missed the most as we've grown. We used to have daily stand-ups, um, and they were an awesome way to start your day and kind of have a touch, like a, a pulse touch with uh, your coworkers that you weren't actually working on a project with. Um, and yeah, I really, really do miss that aspect. Um, I think we gave that up around 20 people 18 to 20 people. Yeah, it was around it was not too long after I came on and it was uh, it was pretty obvious as we passed the 18 20 mark just like you said that it was becoming unwieldy and I'll be really interested um, uh, Devin and Chris if you know if we sync up with you guys in the future and you've passed that mark to hear how you handle that transition that'd be that'd be really fascinating I'd love to hear if you guys found a way to to retain the good aspects of that daily stand-up without the without the issues of scale that we ran into. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it before, too. It, it seems like at a certain point, you just either everybody has to say, I've got nothing to say, or, uh, you know, they have to say three words and move on um, just because we can't take, you know, 
45 minutes in the morning every morning to go around and get everybody to sync up with one another. Right. Yep. Cool. That's a, that's a good one. I, I, I do well recall that just like Jared does and, and it was a good thing. So, um, it's interesting, interesting to hear your perspective on, on the, the lack of that struck you because I, you know, for us, it happened kind of gradually and, uh, yeah, I suppose it would really strike, strike you if you came from one or the other. Um, what else? I mean, uh, so, Alan, I don't think we've heard from you yet. What, what was your experience in all this? Um, well, it's weird. Uh, I, well, first of all, it was really great to work with Chris, um, but I've, I felt sort of uh, guilty because the project that he and I worked on was in kind of a weird place. We were in the very last week of the project, um, so it wasn't really development per se that we were doing. I'd say m most of our time was um, uh, drilling down all the sort of nitty-gritty points on our production checklist. Um, before we did the sort of the final seal the envelope and hand the product to the client. So the stuff that Chris and I worked on was primarily just going down checklists and making sure all, you know, buttons were buttoned. And um, so I felt, kind of, I felt kind of bad because it wasn't like, you know, we were opening a car, deving, the computer said pass, and then we, you know, like shipped a feature or something. It was, it was more uh, sort of the dirty side of uh, the, the not, what I perceive as typically not seeing as the most fun part of, <laughs> of um <laughs> project work um but that said i you know it was really fun to work with chris uh if only to offload some of the pain onto him and watch him <laughs> squirm <laughs> um so yeah i, I felt kind of bad because i, I you know I, I think that between us being in that point in the project and us not uh giving chris the opportunity to, to be on other projects um that he he kind of missed out so we have to trick him into coming down again and get him on something uh, <laughs> a little different <laughs> Uh, well, Chris, I wonder if you'd want to respond to that. I mean, uh, you know, was that was the fact that it wasn't maybe sort of the the middle part of the project where you tend to be writing a lot of code and, and adding features? Was that was that something that did that bring up anything to you that you that you took back with you uh, to your other work? Well, actually, I was going to say uh, I I did think it was actually pretty interesting because uh, and I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the name of the document and maybe you can help me out, Alan. It was like the kind of uh, handoff checklist. Uh, yeah, we had we had a handoff checklist, and it was derived from our standard production readiness checklist. Yep. Yeah, and I and I I thought that was you know another another interesting thing that I hadn't seen before, and you know that no, I thought that was kind of a cool part of the cool part of the process, and I'm like, hey, we should steal that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things about it is that you know you said uh, a moment ago that. It, probably not the most fun part of the process for you, but when you get dropped in, it, it's all sort of new and interesting, um, sort of regardless of what you're doing. At least that's been my experience in the past on Craftsman Swaps. Uh, there seems to be something, it's just it's just all fresh, all new, and you can't really, uh, it doesn't seem like you're, you can judge it at the time, it's something that you sort of need to take home with you and and uh, mull about for a little bit before you figure out exactly what you think about that process, exactly how you feel about it. Do you think a week is enough? I mean, you did—you both did a week, right? Yeah. Is that enough? Uh, I think so. I mean, it really depends on, on who you are. Some people have families, so you know, going longer than that might be a stretch. Um, other people just don't really want to be away living in a hotel for a week. Um, but it really depends on the person. I think a week is sort of a good standard, and if you wanted to move it beyond that, then that's 
that's great, but a week seems like a good amount of time. Jared, do you think you'd agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's always more to learn from each other, but I, I think more than a week would be hard to do. Um, uh, maybe, uh, maybe if we could establish relationships where we we swap often, because uh, I don't know about Bendyworks. Uh, I imagine it's the same, but um, our process and our culture changes rapidly at relevance on a on a day to day basis, even. So we're a lot different now than we were a year ago, for example. So it'd be interesting to uh, kind of keep that relationship open and um, swap different people, get different perspectives. So, so Dev and, and Jared, you guys both said that a week was it would be hard to do more than a week. Was that was that just the travel? And the the reason I ask is that of course at Relevance, and I don't know if this is the case at Bendyworks. Maybe one of you guys could comment. Um, a lot of our people are remote, and so if I wanted to pair with say Devin, um, there's really no reason from the perspective of, you know, doing things the way we do them at Relevance at least that I would have to do anything different. I mean, I I don't go to Durham to work most days, so presumably if I were doing a a swap, I wouldn't have to go to Madison most days either. So was it, was it, first of all, was it the travel, um, do you think that, that made it hard? And if that was out of the way, would it make sense to do it more for longer than a week or more often? Devin? Yeah, I, I could go either way with that. I, I think, um, the travel does play a role because, you know, if you're in a hotel, you don't have uh, a fridge necessarily. So you're probably eating out a lot and, and, uh, I don't know. It puts some strain on on the whole thing, but it's. I, I don't know. I could go either way. I think um, it would be helpful, like you were saying. You know, you guys remote a lot. I could see that being something that we should continue, maybe after a swap, um, just to kind of keep people marinating with the other side. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, just to kind of jump aside for a second from the the craftsman swap itself, we'll come back to it, but. Uh, I gotta say, Chris, when I was perusing the Bendy Works website, um, a couple <laughs> questions there. One is, uh, uh, your profile uh, suggests that I should ask you about particle accelerators and having your clothing irradiated. I can't let the rest of the interview go by without asking you that. Oh yeah, uh, it's a good conversation conversation starter, I guess. Um, you know, I, I used to work at uh, Fermilab down in uh, Batavia, Illinois, and that happened to me on on one occasion so uh yeah you uh so i don't know how much you want to get into it oh please but, uh, <laughs> not this sounds like a good story please go on well i i, I almost want to say it's kind of, it's fairly routine but i guess not not for other people but mm -hmm. um one of one of the jobs uh I, w I was working there as an operator and so this role yeah, i would kind of classify as a research science technician and so one of the things that we did is, you know, we would turn off the particle accelerator, you know, to maybe to make some repair or something like that. And, you know, so you, you go and you go down into the tunnel because the particle accelerator is this very large machine, which is underground. And like, just to, just to describe it really briefly, it's basically a gigantic circle, uh, you know, that's a dozen, you know, a few dozen feet underground. Um, the LHC in Switzerland is, uh, is much larger and deeper. Uh, but Fermilab, it's kind of just under, you know, a uh, few flights of stairs down. And so you go down into this tunnel and because it has been 
re recently used for uh, accelerating protons and antiprotons so that they can collide with each other and you can do lots of sweet science. Um, the, th that process creates like uh, radiation and uh, some of that radiation just kind of like activates dust in the tunnel. And so more often than not, you know, if you crawled around on something down in this tunnel, because it's kind of it's kind of like a dusty basement, uh, you'll pick up some of that dust. And then when you leave, you run like a Geiger counter over yourself to look for any spots where you might have picked up this kind of contamination. And the you know, you, you try a couple of things to remove this you know, radioactive dust. But if you can't do that, well, you know, you have to take your pants off fold them up, uh, put them in a radioactive waste bag, and then wear some paper pants home. And so that's, that's what happened to me. So, so Alan, did Chris show up wearing paper pants to relevance or? No, but uh, he would have gotten some bonus points for that. That would have been amazing. <laughs> but but I, did I imagine when, when Chris told me about what he used to do, I, I, I don't know if any of you guys have played the game Half-Life, the sure. beginning you know, scene. I, you know, I imagine Chris as Gordon Freeman. Uh, <laughs> this previous I, I almost never used like a crowbar. So. <laughs> at least, hopefully not on coworkers at the very least. Did he have any superpowers resulting from the radioactivity, Alan? Um, he was quite proficient at pivotal tracker, which I, I you know, is a complicated thing, and I think to be good at it, you have to be damaged with radiation radiation somehow. Gotcha. gotcha yeah. All right, that's, a, that's actually a good one to have. I, I don't yeah. know what kind of name you'd get out of that. Pivotal yeah. Tracker Man, I'm not sure, but... <laughs> tracker Man. <laughs> tracker Man, yeah. The Pivot. The Pivot. I like, that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, cool. Well, to, to get back to the Craftsman Swap for a little bit. Um, so, uh, so, Alan, I don't, I don't remember if we... I don't think we asked you. Um, what, what, were, you know, what were some of your takeaways here? What did you, what did you see that um, would lead you to changes that you'd want to see made at Relevance? So I'm, I'm not sure if this is a, a relevance-wide change. I, I think, um, so after after Chris left, well, first of all, I'd never been on a craftsman swap myself. So I've had, you know, I mean, I've had previous jobs, so I have a sense for what it's like in other places, but none of that knowledge is particularly uh, current. So I was pretty, I was sort of jealous of Chris because I, you know, saw how much he was learning and, he, and learned about, actually, I, through him and his questions and just him being there, um, you know, having an outsider and taking a step back and hearing them talk about what's going on was really helpful just for, you know, my own understanding of what we do. Um, so that was awesome. That was a, that was a big takeaway. If you, you know, if you invite someone into your office and you hang around them and answer their questions, you'll, you'll learn a lot of interesting things yourself about what you're doing, but as you know, either second nature or, you know, um, uh, you just internalize. Um, but my other big takeaway, which I kind of actioned on was, you know, I, I realized what a cool opportunity this was and sort of accidentally uh, I went to go visit a friend of mine in Miami, Florida and I was really excited to go to Miami and like hang out on the beach all day. And then when I got down there, I found out that he had forgotten to take time off and I actually needed to spend my day at the office with him. <laughs> so, um, so I hung around his office and pretended like I worked there and um, pretty kinda... much went, went the whole week uh, sort of working there, except not really working, just hanging out in meetings and, um, it was funny at the end of the week as it, it was a pretty big office, maybe 50 people. And I managed to go the whole week at this company, not actually working there, but people were like sending me support emails and like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was, it was awesome. So, you know, I, I guess coming out of this, 
both of these experiences, working with Chris and sneaking into this other office, I would encourage people to um, use opportunities to, to, to work outside their comfort zone. I think uh, particularly in our larger community, which is like the Ruby Rails, Closure, Agile, um, we, we make a lot of friends at meetups and conferences, and um, I think we could do better by uh, asking those folks from time to time if it would be cool if we you know crashed their office or even just co-worked at their place, because uh, I learned so much. Well, this is not the first time we've done this. I mean, we've we've done similar things in the past. I think uh, Corey Haynes came by for a week, and other people have done that as well, if I remember right. Yeah, I think it had been over almost two years since our last swap. Uh, so it, it wasn't the first time, but it had been a long time. So, uh, if someone wants to do this, though, what do they? Who do they call? Who do they contact? How did how did we make this happen? Was it as easy as just saying, "Hey, I'll be there next week," or how does it work? Yeah, that I don't know. So I think in this case, Devin reached out to um, Chad Humphreys on our side. I think right. Devin's le- uh, leading up the um, the charge for getting crafts and swaps um, at at Bendyworks right now. Is that right, Devin? That's correct. Yeah. And if if you're interested in that sort of thing, um, people listening, you can just email me, Devin at Bendyworks. Okay. Cool. We'll put your email address in the. Uh in the show notes so people can find it there too. And and so on our side, um, you mentioned Chad Humphreys. He's a developer. Right. So I think what you're saying, Jared, is that people could just reach out to anybody they know at Relevance and we'll, we'll make it happen on our side. If they if they know somebody, um, reach out to that person. If, uh, if you don't know somebody, you can reach out to me and I'll, um, I'll make sure that uh, we own this kind of stuff because, um, like I said, we learn a ton for these, these kind of things. Cool. <laughs> um, so Jared, sorry, the thing that just came to my mind is I was flipping through your Twitter stream and um, I enjoyed Chris's story about becoming glow in the dark. Uh, you have a pretty good story too. Recently, after leaving our uh, company-wide retreat at Williamsburg, um, you set the GPS GPS up to take you home and something sort of unexpected happened. I wonder if you could tell us what happened there. Uh, yeah, so um, so we were in we had our company treat. A retreat this year at Williamsburg, Virginia, and um, go to leave, set the GPS for uh, the route home, and it gives us like two options. Um, I think the two were uh, shortest route and quickest time or something, and the shortest route was like 50 miles shorter, but um, only took like five minutes longer according to GPS. So we're like, okay, we'll just do that because that makes a lot more sense anyway. And uh, it took us down a lot of back roads. We just figured it was the scenic route. And then somehow we got dropped off at um, uh, over by um, what's the other settlement? Uh, Jamestown. Um, we got dropped off over at Jamestown, and we were like, "Wow, this is weird." We were driving to Jamestown. That's, that's interesting. And then we start going down this road, and uh, we see like it's this it's this very long um, long road, and then at the end of it, there's this um, security station, and some guys like shining a mirror under this truck looking for bombs and stuff we're like man what do we get ourselves into i just want to go home and then we see like by the uh the security station there's this uh there's this big giant ferry sign we're like i didn't what i just want to go like drive on the interstate and uh so turns out that um this road was eventually going to be an interstate um but right now they don't have a bridge so um you ride on a ferry um (laughs) So uh, ended up waiting for like 45 minutes for the ferry and then loading it. I think it all, all together it put us behind like an hour. So um, I guess the GPS is pretty – sucks pretty bad at time. <laughs> so. 
it was not quicker at all. <laughs> but it was uh, it was interesting. Yeah, it was kind of fun to watch that unwind over Twitter where we were we were still hanging out at the retreat and someone's like, "What? They're on a ferry?" Yeah. So we all kind of were watching your tweets. We actually uh, we actually got out of the car to go uh, up onto like the observe uh, observation deck, and uh, Jason Rudolph, who also ha- happened to make the same mistake we did, um, got out of his car and came up and joined us. So it was kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Easy mistake to make, I guess. Cool. Um, well, one of the other things that I uh, wanted to talk about. Well, actually, here's a question for you guys uh, in uh, in Madison. Um, Bendy Works. That is a very interesting name. What is there a story behind that name too? What's the What's the deal? Yeah, the uh, that's uh, Steve Anderson. Um, Stephen Anderson. I think he'd prefer to be called Stephen. Either way, uh, yeah, he he explained that to me when I first joined Bendy Works as being, um, you know, Bendy software over brittle software, making things that can sort of bend uh, to fit the needs of your business at a, any given point in time. So. That's uh, and also the works part, you know, uh, that's important too. So, yeah, that's that's the the history of the name, I believe. Gotcha. And and there's a hot dog on the website, kind of in there in your. What's you know, is there a story behind that too, or? We uh, we relish our website, but um, <laughs> uh, but no, that was just hey, let's do something interesting, something that's not uh, a red. Ruby on Rails consultancy website. Let's try and do something different. And uh, since we're in the Midwest and close to Chicago, uh, you know, Chicago-style hot dogs seem to make sense. Cool. I would also add that we're very close to the uh, Mustard Museum. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, right around here is the uh, the National yeah, National Mustard Museum. Yeah, I grew it's up in that. It's actually a really cool museum. I know that sounds crazy, but the Mustard Museum is where it's at when you're in Madison. Uh, we will we will put a link in the show notes to that as well. I actually grew up in the Twin Cities, Minnesota, so not not terribly far from Madison. Nobody told me about this Mustard Museum. <laughs> I'm very disappointed. We will we will send you back, Jared. You're on the next plane. Um, yeah, it's cool. Uh, is good. Um, oh, I know what I wanted to talk to you guys about too, because when I was looking at your website, and I really like the um, bio section, by the way, it's very neat. If people go to your website, they should check that out with the, you know, it's the flyouts with the, and then the, there's some clever stuff there. I won't want to, I don't want to give it away. People should go check it out. But one of the things I noticed is that both you guys are into closure. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the technologies that we're, that we're pretty big into at Relevance, obviously. Um, so I wonder if you guys could talk about anything, uh, what you've been delving into on that front. Uh, sure. Just, I mean, it's closure. What, what's not to like? Uh, Chris and I have uh, actually. I started a Mad Closure meetup here in Madison, and uh, that's where I first met Chris. And uh, he and I started pairing just for fun, outside of work, and uh, sort of how he came to be at Bendy Works. But um, in general, it's just I always am learning something new in Closure, and. Uh, it's just a great language. I mean, I, I don't know what else I can say beyond that other than it seems to solve a lot of the things, a lot of the problems that I see in, in other languages and not to beat up on other languages, but, you know, it's, it seems to have the right balance for me. Hmm. Chris, what about you? Are you, uh, are you just playing with it? Are you working actively with it? Do you, do you hope to do more work with it or what's your, what's been your experience there? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, pers- personally, uh, kind of mostly playing with it. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely something that I think in the future it would be great if we can incorporate that and actually use that for 
uh, for real work here. So I think that's something that both Devin and I are kind of like fig- trying to figure out how to how to make happen. So cool. Yeah, we've been we've been sort of actively working on you know on projects here and there that are you know sort of designed to show uh, coworkers of ours you know hey this is this is how you guys did it here's how we did it in closure. Uh, so people have something to sort of look at side by side and say, A, B, oh, I see what you did there. Uh, you know, I actually prefer this closure solution over X solution. Just so, because people, you know, you can say all this stuff about, about how great closure is, but until they get a chance to actually see it and work with it, it's sort of difficult to make that argument. Yeah, yeah. that's, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, I have to, I have to point out that Devin always breaks the rules of our, uh, we, we have a weekly Ruby quiz that, that Devin and I both do. And uh, so, you know, the, the Ruby quiz, you might think you might want to do that in Ruby, but uh, with without fail, Devin always shows, hey guys, so here's my solution in Clojure. You know, it's usually how he starts out that. And to be fair though, uh, Chris's solution last week was in Haskell, uh, live coded, by the way. <laughs> Impressive. It's interesting. I think it's uh, Ruby and Clojure both have I think there's a real tenant, a strong tendency in the community for people to be very um, multilingual, right? People, people that like Ruby and Clojure tend to be the sort of people that also know 15 or 20 other languages, and and who, you know, as much as they might love Ruby or Clojure, are always have got at least one eye out for, uh, you know, for uh, for what what else might be out there that you could learn from. Um, another thing I noticed on your website, this uh, I think Alan pointed this out to me was. Uh, uh, you guys have something called Woken, <laughs> which, which I love the name. It's B W O K E N. I mean, I have I have uh, a daughter who would still pronounce Broken as Woken, so it's it's kind of cool. What what is this thing? Uh, it's mostly just to get Craig Andera to say Woken out loud. <laughs> yes, now talk. all all 300 people or whatever they're listening now know that I that I can speak like a, a two-year-old would need be. Yep. So uh, yeah, I can't I can't say too much more about it other than because uh, it's mainly Brad's baby. Brad and, and James Waters have been working on that, um, but it's basically UI automation for iOS apps. Um, but being able to run it from the command line, which is uh, apparently there's some issues using instruments, um, standard development tools for iOS that they were sort of annoyed with and wanted a more cucumber esque. Uh, you know, from the command line solution, so you can sort of see uh, from the test that you've written how it's clicking around and tapping on different buttons, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. Hmm, that's in interesting. The, the uh, screencast explains more than I think I could. Okay, cool. We'll put a link in there to it. It certainly seems intriguing. I mean, uh, the idea of like <laughs> things like clicking around in an iPad interface seems like it would be a pretty hard problem to solve uh, from a testing perspective. So it's neat that they've made some progress on that front. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I mean, I, I know uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your, your time. I certainly appreciate you guys coming on and talking about the Craftsman Swap. Sounds super interesting. I know that uh, I would definitely be interested in participating in something like that myself. And like you say, it sounds like all the people need to do is to contact either Bendyworks or Relevance or, or both of us, and, and we could get something like that going for other people as well. I hope people take advantage of that. Um, before we go, there's a couple more things. Uh, I do want to uh, just give you guys a chance, maybe starting with um, starting with Chris to Chris and Devin to talk about anything you want. Like, is there something you guys want to promote, or something you're working on, or something that Bendyworks is doing that you want people to know about? I'd, I'd love to give you the chance to talk about it. Uh, personally, not at the moment. Um, 
I, I've been sort of working on uh, bumping up closuredocs.org. I think uh, anybody listening, if you want an easy place to to get into um, knowing more about closure and, and helping out the community, uh, it's a great place to start. Yeah, Closure Docs is awesome. I love that site. Yeah, it's really good. Cool. Chris? Um, lately, I've kind of been looking around a lot at sort of uh, I've been really fascinated by kind of these property-based uh, checking tools, like uh, like there's a I think what is it Midge in does that do that in Closure? Uh, I think you're thinking of like test generative. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Something more along those yeah. lines, like like Quick Check, right? Right, like Quick Check. Um, and uh, there was there was an interesting project I found not not me but uh, uh, Rush Check, which is sort of a sort of a straight ahead port of Quick Check into Ruby, and I had been looking at trying to kind of integrate that into our kind of testing, you know, tools. So kind of doing you sort of call out like a property that a method would have to have, and then this tool generates a whole bunch of random test cases to try to sort of prove you wrong about your your statement about your code. I suppose, uh, this is Devin again, sorry. Um, but I, I can also rep that I'll be at uh, speaking at Euroclosure uh, on May 27th, I believe. Cool. Yeah, they rejected my talk. <laughs> so I, I know that's, that's awesome for you. I think that looks like it's going to be a really exciting conference. The first one, obviously, you know, the first one in Europe. So it's, uh, it's, uh, I think, right? I think it's the first major closure conference in Europe that I'm aware of. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm excited about really it. Really excited. Congratulations on getting. What are you going to be talking about? Uh, closure community stuff. So it's sort of a soft talk, but of course they they made my talk the last talk of the conference. Um, <laughs> fantastic news, by the way. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it. I think, you know, there's some things in the community that we can do better and some things that we do really great that I think we should we should be more vocal about and let people know about. So I'm excited to talk about that. Do you know if they'll be recording it? I believe they will, yeah. Cool. So I'll have to catch that on uh, when that comes out. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to hear that. And just to give you my, uh, my closure conference speaking uh, arrangement sob story, the two times that I've spoken at uh, Closure Conj and then at uh, Closure West, the first time I was immediately before Sam Aaron, who gave the overtone talk. <laughs> and so I can guarantee that after that talk, which was amazing, people should go watch it, that no one remembered whatever I had to say. And then at Closure West, I spoke immediately after Rich Hickey. <laughs> so I, I think you'll be fine, Devin. Even as the last guy, I know you're a really interesting guy. You'll you'll uh, you'll you'll do well. I sent a link uh, to your talk, the the testing or the performance tuning uh, talk to somebody just yesterday, Craig. Oh, cool. And actually, I had uh, several people watch that same talk recently as well. So uh, yeah, it was a great talk. Oh, good, good. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad that they. Hopefully, the people will find it useful. Cool. Um, so. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Jared and give him a chance to um, interject whatever he wants people to hear. Uh, sadly, I have nothing to report right now. Really? Cause, so, Jared, you have a bit of a reputation at Relevance, and I don't know whether this is still the case, but for a while there, um, you know, the, the joke went that if you saw a product that you thought was really cool, all you had to do was wait a few weeks and Jared would make an open source version of it. <laughs> you guys remember that? Um you did uh, you did uh, Urbit right, which was a hop toad uh, 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 thing. It did it worked like that, right? Unless I have those backwards. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's correct. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's 
Hoptoad is now called Airbreak, I think. But uh, yeah, I, uh, there's a couple of guys maintaining that um, that right now for me. And also, uh, I also did PDF Kit, which Devin is actually uh, the current maintainer on that uh, right now. Or at least he, he volunteered. I'm not sure if he's still interested. <laughs> <laughs> he unloaded that on me when, when he was in uh, when he was in Madison. So, Jared, maybe we'll have to have an episode which is entitled uh, Jared Pace's Secrets to Getting Someone Else to Maintain Your Open Source Software, which I could really use some help on that. You buy front. them a couple of drinks, and then... <laughs> That's where I'm making my mistake. Key, yeah. That's good. where I'm making my mistakes then. All right, great. Cool. Um, let's see. So we had uh, we had Devin bring us in with the intro music. Uh, Chris, would you like to take us out on some outro music? Uh, sure. I think I'm going to uh, play uh, "Happy Together" by the Turtles. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I love the variety of things that people pick. I'm always always fascinated to hear the the, the picks. And the, the thing that always gets me is how very often it just fits right in the show. So thanks for that. Sure. Um, and thanks to everybody for coming on. It was super interesting. I think the Craftsman Swap is um, it's just a great idea, and I hope that people hearing this will take it as inspiration to do something similar at their own companies or to come and talk to Relevance or to Bendyworks um, about doing it with us. We like uh, you know Both companies, I think it's safe to say, are just practically obsessed with improving and with learning from experience and from other people, so this is, it sounds like it's a really good way to do that, so I hope people take advantage of that. And, I, and again, I appreciate everybody's... Um, uh, giving us your experience with that. It sounds like it was really fun. Um, so thanks a lot, guys, for coming on. It was great to have you. Just appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Okay, and with that, we will say goodbye. This has been Think Relevance, the podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. The only one for me is you And you for me So happy together It had to be The only one for me is you And you for me So happy together